This episode of We Turned Out Okay is brought to you by the Ninja Parenting Community. Are you raising little kids and feeling overwhelmed? Could you use some accountability and extra support? Come join us inside our membership community and get access to training courses like the one I just finished up called Sanity with Kids. Live member-only calls, direct feedback on how to get through your toughest challenges, and the support of a community where we're all working to do the same thing, worry less, and enjoy more while raising our kids. Click the link here in the show notes or go to weturnedoutok.com and click the parenting community login to get all the details. Come on, guys. We Turned Out Okay, the modern parent's guide to old school parenting. I want to hang upside down from the swing set. Welcome to We Turned Out Okay with host Karen Locke Cole. And now, here's your host, Karen Locke Cole. Hello, and welcome to episode 129, a Your Child Explained episode in which we always try to get into the minds of our kids and figure out what's going on in there. And so, the show, if you're just new, if you're relatively new to We Turned Out Okay, um, we try to do shows in basically three flavors. Uh, there, is, there are guest conversations where we have really good, sometimes laugh out loud, sometimes um, real learning, sometimes, you know, all that combined, (laughs) good storytelling, um, with people that you are going to really want to hear from and be excited to hear from. And then there are just you and me episodes, which are about, it's basically a conversation between you and me. And those are often like, I think of them as here's where we talk about things that you can learn and try that maybe you haven't thought of before. And both of those kind of episodes, the conversations with guests and the Just You and Me episodes, they come out on Tuesdays. And on alternate Thursdays, whenever we have a guest episode, we also have what today's is. It's a Your Child Explained episode where we're figuring out what's really going on inside our kids' heads because kids think very differently from adults. And that's important to... um acknowledge and we can really we can have we can be helpful to our kids we can have a much happier home life if we are in tune with like what are the differences and how how can we think about them and so that's what today's episode is and your child explained episodes always drop on Thursdays the same week as guest conversations so today I'm excited to bring you a question I think it's a really really interesting question and I do hope to dig more into this as the year goes on. It's uh, from a listener and her name's Jennifer. And Jennifer says, my question is, when my boy says that's for boys or girls can't do that, is there more I could do than simply replying, you know, girls can do everything boys can do? Uh, I think this is such a great question. And it just gets into something that we see like on a daily basis as our kids are, you know, really young, starting from a really young, this mom expressed surprise that her a son was, he's only two and he's already saying, oh, that's for girls. Like I can't, I can't, you know, use that or think about that because it's for girls. It does happen really, really young. I think to be honest with you that this is partially, um, it's a relatively new phenomenon in our culture that toys like Lego, for example, there are girl Lego and boy Lego. Actually, I I think that the company would say there is girl Lego and there is everyone Lego. But when you have, when you have, colors, you know, Lego in colors like pink and purple that are meant to 
appeal to girls, then what you have is the opposite of that. So if it's not in pink and purple, it's not going to appeal to as many girls. And and by by default, you know, it becomes boy Lego. So the vast majority of Lego is quote for boys, and the, there's a little segment that's for girls. And if a boy is drawn, for example, to the girl Lego, uh, he will say to himself, "Oh, that's for girls. I can't. I can't." I can't play with that. And so what's happening is they're cutting off a whole aspect of their personalities. You know, anything that that's maybe about nurturing or friendship or, um, uh, you know, stuff like that. And I, I don't mean to call out Lego specifically. Um, we love Lego and use it all the time. And um, I, I more use that as an example. There's like umpteen bazillion examples uh, about this. If you just look around in the toy aisles, you'll see many, many more. And I personally believe that it's a huge cultural issue because if we say to boys, that's not for you, we are denying them um, the ability and the, even the like, we're denying them their, their desire to be nurturing. And how do you get good dads? right? You don't get good dads by telling boys from a very young age that's caring for others is not for you. Nurturing people is not for you. And um, so that's what, you know, I really, really love this question. I think it's very relevant and um, and I'm excited to answer it. So I think, you know, she asks, is there more I could do than replying, you know, girls can do everything boys can do. And I think that there is more. Uh, I think... When we think about how, first thing that we can do is we can look at how do kids view their own identity. Um, and there's a book that I'm really interested in talking about a little bit more. I, I, I love this book, and I, but I haven't really talked about it a lot recently on the show. It's called Cinderella Ate My Daughter, and it's by Peggy Orenstein. And whether you have girls or boys, you should read this book. I have two boys, and, and I read it. In fact, it was so relevant in our lives um, that my my oldest was nine or nine-ish, I think at the time. And he was not into double digits yet in terms of like age and he's now 16. Well, I suppose maybe he was into double digits, right? If it was that long ago. <laughs> so he was say, I would say in the nine to 12 range where, you know, older, but still trying to figure out what's for girls and what's for boys. Uh, and he he read this book too. He saw me reading it, laughing out loud. There are some great funny scenes in it, but there's also um, some really key important information for any parent of any gender child. And one of the things that Peggy Orenstein, the author, brings up is this idea that kids do not identify whether they are a boy or a girl based on their um, body parts. I mean, like those are covered up. They don't, they don't, like, I think if they don't ever think about it. They would just assume that everybody has body parts that look like my body parts. It's only as they get a little bit older that they start to realize girls look like this, boys look like that physically. But even then, those are not, that's not most relevant to them. What's most relevant to them is how you identify as a girl or as a boy based on what clothes you wear, based on if you put ribbons in your hair or not. Um, based on sometimes the length of your hair or um, the color of your shirt or shoes. Um, those are the things that, and, and again, by what you play with. So girls, it's okay for girls to play with dolls. It is, boys get the message from a very, very young age that it is not okay for boys to play with dolls. Um, girls, so it, it's really interesting too, because with boys, 
there's a lot more that's forbidden, absolutely closed off to boys than there is that's forbidden and closed off to girls. Girls can bust into the, you know, tomboy aspects of life if they want to. It is, it's cool and kick-ass for a girl to play with boy Lego, to be into Star Wars, that kind of stuff. It is not cool and kick-ass. This is the, me- I'm not saying this personally, but this is the message that like our, our society provides. It is not cool and kick-ass for a boy to play with dolls or, or want to play with Lego friends because those things are for girls. And so for Jennifer, for you with a boy, um, it's it's wonderful and natural for boys to be pulled towards um, dolls, you know, or some of the more nurturing toys that are that are on the market. And um, but I think the first step is for you to just recognize that like there is this barrier, and it doesn't have to do with body parts; it has to do with um, with clothes and appearance and what you know what toys you are quote allowed to play with or not allowed to play with um it's so confusing for them it feels so limiting you know our kids uh will will avoid something because they're getting the cultural message this is for boys i'm not a boy this is for girls i'm not a girl um it's so darn confusing for them and they're just like everything that they do is trying to figure out Um, I mean, this is a very basic thing. Am I a boy? If I am a boy, it's not okay for me to do X, Y, or Z. Am I a girl? If I am a girl, it is not okay for me to do X, Y, and Z. I have to, I have to, you know, tune those things out. Um, being, being a boy or a girl, you know, has for them to do with what they play with, what they wear. So I think first we need to try to understand where they're coming from. Because again, we, you know, your child explained, right? They don't see things the way that we see them. So trying to understand where they're coming from is really, really important. And then um, I, I would say try to push it a little bit. Like if it's girls can't do that, only boys do that. If Jennifer, if that's what your son is saying, um, or if boys can't do that, I think he might be more likely to say, oh, I'm a boy, boys can't do that. Point out a girl or two that you know personally who does that or does whatever that is or does something similar. Um, there was a time when my youngest was about, oh, he was very young. He was, it surprised me. He was four or five. He's never been to school. Um, he, he went to preschool, but he'd never been to, uh, we started homeschooling him as soon as he was at kindergarten age. And so I thought, oh, good, we're going to dodge this bullet. Like, we don't have the, the kind of societal messages that, that come across often in school. And it's, it shocked the heck out of me when he was three, four, five years old, actually homeschooling, like out of preschool even, and saying, uh, what I'm remembering specifically is when the day that he said to me, oh, um, I don't like music that's that's sung by girls. Can you please turn that off? Whatever music was was on. And I was like, "What?" Like <laughs> And again, it's it, it's a gender identity thing. He really wanted to be a tough kid from the time that he could even before he could verbalize, he only ever wanted to wear jeans. In fact, he still to this day only ever wants to wear jeans. And for him it started with this idea that jeans are tough. Um, they represent kind of armor for him. And um, whereas sweatpants and softer clothes did not represent that at all. Like he wants to be a tough kid. You show you're a tough kid by wearing jeans and not sweatpants, apparently. And so this whole thing about not wanting to listen to music that's sung by girls or women, that really 
that was a gender thing for him. He's he's saying to himself, I'm a boy. Boys don't listen to music that is sung by girls. Like somehow that would make him less of a boy if he did. And and that was definitely not something that we could change in one day. But he, I'll tell you, he doesn't feel like that anymore. Like he, in talking to him and living with him and showing him the similarities between girls and boys and what, what, you know, where the crossover is, that's really made a big difference for him. And, you know, in our lives, we've known kids who, um, we've, we've known a couple of boys who really identify more with clothes that girls wear with having their hair braided or, you know, really super long or whatever. And um, we've watched these families kind of evolve to accept that about their boys and encourage it even because like you can't, you know, you're only making a child feel bad about him or herself if you deny them the, um, the kinds of basic personality things that they, that they need. And, and again, and that's a, that's a bigger issue, right? Like that's a, that's more than I want to get into today, but for today I, and I do intend to return to this. So, you know, don't, I don't want you to feel like you're left hanging or something like that. In the meantime, if you, if you have a question, um, if you want me to dig into some aspect of gender identity in the coming, you know, weeks or months, let me know. Um, go to weturnedoutokay.com slash contact and just tell me because, um, I'm making the show for you. Um, I, everything I do, I do with you in mind, uh, Jennifer and, you know, you listening, even if you're not Jennifer. Um, and I, this is something that really comes into a lot of families lives when you have, a a kid who maybe you're, you're nervous because that kid is identifying in some way with the opposite gender. And, um, uh, you know, I, I feel like I lost my train of thought a little bit there, but, um, oh yeah. So I was talking about Jay and how he, he, what I did when he said to me the day he said to me, oh, I only listen to music that's sung by girls, uh, sung by boys, you know, please don't play any music for me that's sung by girls. And I, I basically said, you know, like, think about all the people that we know who are girls who, um, sing music, like, like my mom, um, uh, you know, I won't get too, too much into this today, but my mom is, is an amazing, amazing singer. And, um, you know, she, she is saying in choirs all of her life. Um, she sang in a really great all women's group one time, um, called the heavenly fusion, which was just, they sang at at my wedding. They sang at my brother's wedding. Um, my mom herself in an, in another choir went and sang for the Pope, <laughs> for Pope John Paul II. And in fact, um, she was not, not only did she go and sing with the choir, but she sang a solo. And um, there were posters plastered all over Rome. Um, You know, this was maybe when posters were more of a relevant thing, but uh, we still have a poster. My mom still has a poster describing in Italian the choir and that they were coming to sing, um, you know, for the Pope and listing the soloists. And my mom is one of the soloists listed on this thing. I mean, it's just so cool. So, so, you know, little aside there about my mom, I'm so proud of her, but I'm a singer, right? Um, we know lots of girls who like to sing and do sing. And he didn't think of them that way though. Like he didn't, he was like, oh, well that's grandma. Well, yeah, but grandma's a girl, you know? (laughs) Um, he really just didn't want to hear girls' voices, women's voices, in song. And so I basically said to him, you know, you're going to continue to hear this and that's okay. Um, 
everyone can use their voice to sing. And uh, just to try and make it a little bit less threatening for him is really what I did um, to sort of communicate the idea that everyone can sing. And you know, if he, if we were listening to the radio and a song came on that he really couldn't stand because it was sung by a girl, we would change the station. I mean, there's no, you know, there's no need to kind of fight about that or whatever. Um, And now he listens to, you know, he's 12. He loves music that's sung both by men and women. And, um, you know, it's a long, it's, it's a little bit of a marathon and not a sprint. I don't know if you've ever heard that. I think that all of raising kids, it's a marathon, not a sprint. We're not going to solve these issues in one day with our two-year-old or our three-year-old. Um, it's going to take some time and that's okay. It's just life, you know? Um, in fact, I think in some ways it's better because it, it, if it keeps coming up for them, we we know that by what they're asking about and what they're saying, and, and we can be there to help. Uh, we're not going to change their gender attitudes in one day or one season or maybe even one year. I mean, these are really, really strong messages that these kids take. So we're trying to share some different perspectives and be open to further discussion Um especially further questions. Because, you know, as I just mentioned, like questions are how we know what's on our kids' minds. And um, that's, that's all we've got time for today. Uh, Jennifer, I really hope that answers your question. And to you listening, I, I really hope that it furthers your thinking on this. Uh, please get get in touch with me and let me know um, what other issues around like gender identity are driving you crazy in, in your home, uh, go to we slash contact. I will link to that in the show notes. And, um, and I do want to say too, uh, it turned, it was very lucky that I got to speak with Jennifer on something about something else because, um, my contact page has been out of whack for, I don't know, quite a while. I've been kind of thinking to myself for the last few months, like, Hey, how come nobody's calling, you know, nobody's contacting me. And I just figured it's Christmas season. Everybody's, you know, busy with their own thing. And, um, so Jennifer gets in touch with me in another way. And she says, Oh, so I tried to use your contact page, but I found that I couldn't. And, um, so I went back, Ben and I, went back and looked at it and realized that that's because it was, it may be updated or sometimes websites are weird and they do weird things. So we're thinking that maybe this one just updated and, you know, as it was updating it, it got rid of the body of the email, like where you would actually compose the comments to me. <laughs> there was nowhere for you to do that. So that makes it pretty tough. Um, so anyway, it's fixed now. Uh, you can go to weturnedokay.com slash contact and ask me any question. Um, let me know what you, if you have guests that you want to hear from in the coming year, please share who they are and I will do my best to get them on the show. Um, if you have if you have thoughts about like issues you'd like to hear about, I think that would be really, really wonderful um, for you to do. So so please, please, please ask me and I will do my best to get to get you answers. Um so, you know, I've got some great shows planned coming up for the opening weeks of 2017. Stay tuned. Uh, some of them, like the the guest conversations, are, are going to be rebroadcasts. And I'm so excited about that because there are so many shows that you may not have heard. And even if you have heard them, it's always worth, I find this anyway, it's really worth a second listen because you'll hear things you literally did not hear the first time. You know, this has happened to me with my own show. It's happened to me with other shows, other people. And I'm just like, how did I miss this huge aspect of this? 
<laughs> this conversation. So um, they're dense, you know, they're big and long. They're like usually an hour each. And um, I love that because it can get a conversation that starts out with somebody, you know, who I've, I, I'm just meeting for the first time, say, um, it takes a while to kind of build up some trust in a conversation. Uh, and by the end of that hour, I feel like it's, we're now really getting to the heart of the matter. And um, oftentimes, there's some laughs along the way. Um, you know, I conversations are some of my favorite, favorite things. I will hit stop after a conversation and go find somebody in my family just to say, you know what? I love my job. <laughs> I've got a great job when I get to talk to people who are so inspiring and wonderful. And um, and then I get to bring them to you. I mean, I think that's, for me, that's like the biggest aspect of this. I'll, I'll hit stop and think, uh, you know, A, I love my job and B, you guys are going to love this conversation. So um, let me know who you, you know, if you have anybody that you think would be great for me to to talk to. Um, several of the people I have spoken to have been because of that exact situation. And, uh, you know, I'd love, I'd love to get you involved in that way. If you have a guest that you really, really want to hear from, let me know. Um, so I think that's about it for today. If, you know, if the show feels relevant, if today's episode feels relevant, I'd love it if you'd share with, um, even if it's a friend or somebody that, you know, you think might really get some use out of this. Um, even if you just post like into your Twitter feed about it or onto Facebook or Pinterest or something to just say like, hey, you might get something out of this show. You know, my friends, people that I love. <laughs> and uh, I just have one last special thanks today to our producer, the man who is at this moment making an awesome breakfast right now. It smells so good. <laughs> the 19 time winner of the Husband of the Year Award, Benjamin Culp. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Do you have a question about something your kid is doing that is driving you crazy? Well, don't let that continue. As Gordon from Sesame Street always says, asking questions is a good way of finding something out. Put my master's degree in early childhood education and years of experience working with young children to work for you. Go to weturnedoutok.com slash contact or email me at karen at weturnedoutokay. Or ask your question on the Facebook fan page, which is the We Turned Out Okay podcast page. Or Instagram at We Turned Out Okay. Or on Twitter at Stone Age Techie. Or you can even snail mail it to me. Karen Lock Culp, P.O. Box 61, Bellingham, Massachusetts, 02019. And you'll get your question answered here on a future Your Child Explained episode. We'll see you here for the next episode of We Turned Out Okay. Thanks so much for listening.